Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daniel Day Podcast, a podcast all about discipleship and leadership. I'm Daniel Day, your host. Welcome to the program. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day, your host, and I have the extreme honor of bringing to you Bishop Dr. Ronnie L. Webb. He is the founding pastor of, help me out here, Mount Calvary. Yes, Powerhouse uh, Church. Powerhouse Church. And I, I mean, I tell you, I want to make sure I get the powerhouse in there because that's what it's all about, the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he's about to celebrate, uh, did you tell me, 35 years? 32. 32 uh-huh. years of ministry there at the same church, 32 years of effective ministry and faithfulness. And uh, man, I'm just so honored to have you on the program today, Bishop. Yes, I'm honored to be on your program. And what a delight and an honor for us to have met you in Chicago. And I immediately connected with your spirit. And uh, man, I've been looking forward to this ever since the invite. Amen. Well, Mount Calvary is truly an influential church. Uh, It's a multi-site church. Um, Dr. Webb has multiple books that he has written. He's a prolific author and speaker. He is someone who travels the nation and around the world. He is making spiritual deposits into the next generation and empowering the older generation to pass the baton. And really, that's kind of what we're talking about today, right, Bishop? We're talking about transitions and uh, how to have a healthy transition, be it a transition from a career or a job or a position or helping the next generation to transition into their position of anointing. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say on this topic. (laughs) Well, I'm excited about it because these are the times of transition, Pastor Dan. I tell you, you know, we've been talking about it, preaching about it, but now we're living it. It's it's right before our eyes. And uh, but you know what? We serve a God that's moving and uh, mm-hmm. we serve a progressive God and the things that uh, that we're doing. We should be progressive. We should be moving. God is always moving. If God steps in the wind, it's no longer wind. It becomes a mighty rushing wind. Amen. You know, if God steps in the water, it's no longer water. It becomes living water. Anything God's in, it's always moving. It's always transitioning. And if he's in you and he's in me, we're going to move also. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, listen, before we go too much further, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask his blessing on our conversation, and I'll turn it over to you to do that for us, sir. Yes, I'm honored to. Father, we thank you. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that's been afforded to us. I thank you for this man of God that have reached out and that, that's reaching in into the things of God that you're using in such a powerful way in these last days. I pray that this conversation would be informative, but more than that, it will be anointed that others can can receive from this broadcast on the day. Let, amen, send fire through the wire in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I've not heard that before. Fire through the wire. I'm definitely stealing that and using that again, and I'll try to give you credit. Oh, praise God. Well, listen, for those of you just hopping on to this live broadcast, or maybe you're watching it on the replay, either way, I would love for you to heart the video, like the video, comment on the video. 
Let us know where you're watching from or listening from. It's always amazing to see the different parts of the country that this podcast is reaching into. And even other countries are beginning to listen. Uh, so it's really amazing to see the doors that God is opening through these conversations with other leaders. So let us know where you're watching from. And please share the video because what Bishop Ronnie Webb has to say to us today on the subject of transitions is going to be very helpful helpful to the younger generation and to the older generation. And so, uh, Bishop, here's what I'd like to do, and just open us up with this, um, this thought. Why is this subject so important to you right now? Well, uh, number one, it's a reality. You know, we've talked about it, and we've, you know, there are times and when, as we walk with God, we experience seasons of transition, but right now, it's like we're in a season that's not really changing. I mean, it, wherever you go, you're dealing with it, whether it's in the natural, in the spiritual realm, and uh, educational realm, every facet of our life, we are experiencing transition like I've never seen before. And I've even heard it said uh, that this, this season, the, the pandemic season, uh, it's going on more than two years now. Um, perhaps you've heard the term the great resignation, uh, where people are just quitting their jobs. They're, they're dropping sure. like flies. They're, they want to control something. They want to be able to predict something. And so just right. for, the, for the sheer hope of being able to have something normal, they just quit their job and apply somewhere else or they're moving somewhere else, whether it's the will of God or not. They're transitioning. Uh, there are some people who've been forced to transition. Uh, right. There are some people who um, they find themselves in a place where they feel stuck. Uh, so speak to us, brother. What does the word of God have to say to us about making healthy transitions in our life? Well, number one, uh, acknowledge him. Proverbs tells us to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. You know, that's so important because people are doing things now by instinct and they're moving, as you alluded to, by the drop of their hat. But you can't do that. You know, you have to seek God for direction. And Lord, what's the next move? You know, and yes, I, I'm feeling that I need to do something different, but I'm not sure what that different is. But there's a lot of people, they're making the move and then they're praying later. And that's backwards. You pray first and then you make the move. And if God says stand still, then you stand still and wait on the next assignment. I'm preparing a message now. God put me in alignment for my assignment. So that happens as a result of hearing God. My sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So as you, uh, I mean, I'm pretty amazed when I see a minister who has uh, been faithful in one place, consistently putting out uh, gospel, Holy Spirit ministry uh, for over 30 years in one spot. You have really set a great example for the next generation. Uh, I'm sure without a doubt over the last 30 years, you've gone through ups and downs seasons where things were difficult and perhaps were even tempted to move on and transition. Um, yes. How have you been able to stay focused what have you done uh, maybe practically to remain uh, fresh so that what you're doing uh, doesn't seem like something you want to leave? 
Yes. Wow. That's that's a great question, by the way. And uh, I appreciate you saying now it's 32 years of pastoring and 38 and a half, almost 39 years of ministry. I've been preaching almost 39 years. And uh, and so I started very young. Uh, in fact, I was saved and spirit filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. My uh, freshman year in college, I was a ball player. And, and the call of God was upon my life. And man, when I grabbed the baton, I've been running ever since. So I've had the opportunity to tap into the older generation. Um, I mean, I would say mid-generation and then the younger generation. So I feel like I've lived in both worlds, the old world, the young world, and, and, the, uh, and bridging the gap in between. But um, I'm telling you, uh, it's, you know, I, I believe in consistency, number one. Consistency is very important. When you put your hands to the plow, don't look back. You know, you go forward. And yes, we've had challenges. We've had ups and downs and we hit some bumps in the road. We've had some peaks and we've had some valleys. But you know what? When the dust clears and the smoke settles, we're still here standing by the grace of God. And so I've always tried to hear God in every season. And, and that's what keeps ministry fresh and stop ministry from dying. We may do one thing for five years or may do it for three years. And you know what? It was effective those five years. But when that time is up, you need to let it go. You know, there's a song. It's an old country song. You won't find it in the hymnal books of your church, you know. But sometimes, uh, you know, I wish it was there. And that is you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them <laughs> and know when to walk away and know when to run. And I'm telling you, there's a, a prophetic touch on that song because uh, my prayer has always been, don't let me stay too long, but don't let me move too quick. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I have found in my discussions with leaders like yourself, a common thread uh, to success, and that is connection with friends, mentors, yes. um, people who are pouring into your life and uh, people who help you to remain centered. And I have found that during these last two years, the people who already had established connections and mentors in their life, those folks are staying stronger than the people sure. who are isolated. How important has it been for you to remain connected to friends during this time? Uh oh, oh, it's it's been a lifeline for me. You know, uh, Ecclesiastes four nine tells us two is better than one. They have a reward for their labor. If one falls, the other one's there to pick him up. But woe unto the man that walks alone. I'm telling you, this is never a time to be isolated. And I've seen. Some of my friends down through the years and some of those that kind of jumped out there on their own and you know what, their ministries has ended and many of them are discouraged and some of them are going through a season of depression. Not that all of us are not tempted to deal with some of those things. I understand that, but iron sharpens iron. And so now, man, you know, when you've got men and women of God that God has placed in your life to pour into you. You know, because when you're pouring out all the time, you're going to soon be depleted. But when you've got others that you can reach to and I mean, they have mentored you down through the years. Uh, it is absolutely priceless in this day and time. We need one another. Notice two is better than one. They're more powerful. Number two, they're more productive. 
And number three, they're more profitable. And number four, they're more protected. So you've got, amen, production coming from friendship. You're more profitable. You're worth more when you're connected with the right people. And thank God, and during this pandemic, you're more protected. And we really need that right now. So good. One of the things that I have found uh, for folks who've been able to navigate this season uh, somewhat um, very successfully, it appears, uh, they are the people who seem to remain connected to that daily baptism in the Holy Ghost and being filled yes. with the Spirit. Um, young and old, it seems like the people who have remained fresh and dynamic during the last two years are people who are staying close to the Father. And I think that that's something that I hear as I listen to you preach on a regular basis and as I see you travel, there is a continual freshness. Uh, and I just have to imagine that you, you really spend a lot of time in prayer. How, how important has that been for you? It's, it's a lifeline for me because somebody asked me the other day, how long have you been preaching? I said, long enough to know I can't do it on my own. Amen. You know, my dependency is totally upon the, the power and the presence of God. And, you know, in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. And uh, I've always lived by that rule of thumb, and I've always said that I can't talk to the people about God until I first talk to God about the people. So, you know, we've got to, you know, even before we preach, uh, teach, prophesy, sing, we've got to have that daily connection with God. And uh, daily will I seek him. Seek him with your whole heart. And, uh, and I'm telling you, one of the things that are happening now is, is it's almost like people are being forced back to the basics because we've never been here before. You're talking about transition. We've never gone this way before. But notice what Joshua says. Follow the priest that bears the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, because we've never gone this way before. So, you know, I've been preaching on transition, and I hope I'm not transitioning too soon right now because I want to stay on point with your questions. But Moses had a cloud by day and a fire by night. Well, you know what? Moses is gone now. Joshua's the new kid on the block. But when he comes on the scene, guess what? There's no more cloud by day. There's no fire by night. We follow the priest that bears the Ark of the Covenant because we've never gone this way before. And that's where we are today. We've never been here before. But you know what? We got to trust God when we can't trace God. David says his footprints are not known. Now, you can track a deer and you can track a rabbit and you can track turkey, but you can't track God. The only way we stay connected with him is having that relationship with the father, staying in the father's face. Yeah, no, I think that's a wonderful transition because you brought up Moses and Joshua and Moses, in my mind, as it relates to our conversation today, I think of Moses as representing the older generation yes. passing, the, passing the baton to the younger generation, right? <laughs> That's it. Um, and uh, Joshua had been his attendant for many, many years, a warrior for many years, uh, somebody who had learned a lot from, from Moses uh, because he was his attendant uh, and his servant and his right-hand man. So he had been mentored. Um, how tragic would it have been Oh, if Moses had gone through all that trouble of training up a protege 
but did not pass the baton. Oh, Pastor Daniel, that <laughs> I could spend days and weeks on that one subject because that's what we're seeing right now um, in our country. We're seeing it uh, in, the, in the world in which we live in. It would have been catastrophic. Well, and we have an opportunity uh, to peep into the past to see what it would be like. We have a picture of it in the book of Judges. Now, Moses, you know, he's, the Bible says Moses is dead. Now, here comes Joshua. He picks up the baton and he takes the people to the promised land. Moses showed it to him, but now he's able to take them actually to the promised land. And then later on, Joshua dies. And guess what? There's no mentor. And when the fathers fell asleep, guess what happened? The people did what was right in their own eyes. And then now here comes the judges. See what I'm saying? That's what happens when you die with the baton in your hand. It affects the next generation. We really need to camp out on this topic just for a few more minutes because yes. um, there's a couple of things. Um, I have so many friends who are north of 70 and some who are north of 80. And uh, they are people who were in the ministry for many years. They've got their 50-year pen, you know, uh, people who still love Jesus, and they're very sweet, and uh, they're close to the Lord, and they still love people. They're not jaded. Yeah. You know, they're not polluted with uh, cynicism and so forth. And as I speak to them, they, they have a freshness about them because they know they successfully raised up people to carry on right? and, and, and they, they have, and they continue to pour into me just today. A friend of mine called, uh, he's in his seventies. He had a coaching appointment cancel. And then he said, I'm going to call Daniel. And so he called me, uh, kind of at random. And he said, Hey, I had a coaching appointment cancel. I've got some time here. Can you give me 20 minutes? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes of him just, and so he was seeking, you know, he didn't waste his time and go get a coffee. He said, I had this time allotted, right. right. He had this time allotted for coaching and he found somebody to coach and, and he stays wow. fresh. He stays fresh. And so I think that speak to that older minister who thinks that he's about to be put out to pasture, that thinks that he's about to lose his relevance, but when in fact he's about to have more time to do the right. most important thing he could ever do. And yes. that's for what he knows into my generation, because we need it. Oh, oh we need it. Come on. Someone, somebody it. preach right now. I mean, talk to <laughs> me about this. Pastor Daniel, we, we all need it. Because, amen, what, what they need to realize, that older generation, is the more they uh, pour out, the more God pours in. You know, uh, once a bottle is filled, unless you empty it out, come on now, you, you know, uh, thank God for the overflow. But God put it in you so that you can put it into the next generation. And he, as he pours it into you, then you pour it into the next generation. That's the beauty of it. But there are so many, after they become a certain age, they feel intimidated. They think that they're going to be put out of the pastor. And uh, instead of raising them up, now, I had, I had one old pastor say to me, maybe 15, close to 20 years ago, and I was complimenting him on how he was mentoring younger preachers. And he says, well, I'm about done with that. And I said, oh, what do you mean? He says, because just about everyone I, you know, I start mentoring, they up and leave me. 
I said, well, all of them are not designed to stay. He says, well, you know, if they decide to stay, they can stay, but I'm not going to keep pouring uh, into them. And uh, he says, because everyone I poured into have left me. And so the Holy Spirit began to speak to me when he made that statement. I said, what if God sends some that stays? He says, oh, I, I never thought about that. I said, so you're going to deprive them of getting what they need, you know, uh, your experience, the anointing that's on your life, because three or four left. What if God sends three or four that will stay? You've got to pour into them. Well, he had a new perspective after that. And he started pouring back into them again. And I'm, I can truly say I wouldn't be the man of God that I am today if I didn't have a father in the ministry. But I also want to speak to that younger generation because this younger generation is unnamed, untrained, and untamed, you know, and that's, and, and that's a danger. And yeah, they have the anointing. And yes, some of them have knowledge, but at the end of the day, they don't really know how to use that knowledge and they don't have the wisdom and the experience of days and years. My pastor used to say, some things you learn just by living long. Well, I didn't understand that. You know, as a, a young 20-some-year-old pastor starting out, and he says, you know, life will teach you some things. And, uh, you know, knowledge is knowing how to do it. You know, but, you know, yeah, you know how to do it. And skill has the ability to do whatever that needs to be done. But wisdom says, uh, knows how to do it or know when it should be done or rather if it should be done at all. And that's the thing. This generation is lacking wisdom, but we have to have fathers that are pour back into this generation. We need them. They're leaving us. Uh, and sooner or later, although you're a young man, but you're going to be in a father role real soon. Yeah. You know why? Because the fathers of faith have fallen asleep and many of them are going home to be with the Lord. And so God has to raise you up. And this is why it's so important that they pour into the generation that's here and the generation to come. Right. So depending on who you read and what uh, statisticians uh uh, you you pour into with your research, give or take roughly 300,000 uh, current ministers, and that's across the board, all denominations, more than 300,000 are within five years or less of retirement or death. Yeah. And so we, we wow. have less than a five year window here. Uh, and so that, that means there's a time limit for a young person to connect up with their mentor for an Elisha to, to track down and chase down his Elijah. And so speak to the young person about why they need to find that man of God or woman of God right now and not next year, not the year after they need right. to chase that Elijah down right now. Well, number one, it's an urgency in the spirit. And then number two, hey, our time is winding up. We know that we're in the last of the last days. And Jesus says, I must do the work. I must work the work of him while it is day. Night cometh, no man can work. Paul talks about now it is time. In fact, he said, it is high time that we awake out of our sleep. You know, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. So uh, it's, it's, it's so important because number one, they hold your destiny in their mouth. So, 
the words that are coming out of their mouth is life to them. And it sets them on a path and gives them some direction in their life. The wisdom. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating the wisdom from my father. He's going on to be with the Lord, my natural father and my spiritual father. But I have surrounded myself with older bishops now that's in their 80s because, hey, I'm in school every day. We're still learning. And sometimes I'll call and say, hey, uh, I need to bounce something off of you. Or what would you do in, in a case like this or this situation? Man, it is so important for every Elijah that's listening to me right now, find you and Elijah. But you have to understand, you, when you find them, submit to them. Mm. Submit to them. Talk about Because that. God will never put you over what's under you until you can first come under what's over you. Let me say that again. Yeah. God never puts you over what's under you until you can first come under what's over you. Find that Elijah now and allow them to pour into you. Open yourself up because you're going to need it for the days ahead. Yeah. I was just listening to one of your Bible studies online, one of your live streams, and I think I will be quoting you correctly here. You said something to the effect of, um, it's hard to stumble while you're humble, you know, something yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> Man, you know, you've been listening. If, if you're, if you're on your knees, it's hard to fall down, you know, and uh, it's so good to humble yourself so that the Lord may elevate you than to elevate yourself so that the Lord has to humble you. Oh, and uh, what, what you were speaking on there was so key to this point, because I find even as I look in the mirror and I look back in time and I look at that 25 year old Daniel day, and that 27-year-old Daniel Day, even that 29-year-old Daniel Day, I was thinking to myself, man, I got some stuff to offer. People need to listen to me. I was so full of myself. And, you know, I wish I could go back in time and just, you know, give myself a good punch in the face. Um, and you look at that scripture there with Moses, and it's, it, it's basically, and Moses died, period, Joshua. <laughs> And it's like, you would think a guy as important as Moses would have a few chapters of, of remembrance and a nice little eulogy. And it's like, no, Moses is dead, period. And so my point is, is to, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, my point to the younger generation is if Moses just got four, four words in a period, um, we're not nearly as important as we think we are. And, um, we need to humble ourselves and remember it's about the king. Amen. So go. speak to that younger generation real quick and tell them it's not about the mentor pursuing you. It's about you pursuing the mentor. Oh, God, man, you need to write the book. I'm telling you, because uh, that's some of what we had, uh, you know, have written in, in the book and uh, maybe like to offer that at the end of the show, because it's a perfect uh, a mentor mentee book and it's perfect and befitting for uh, our show today, and um, but I just want to I just want to say it is so important the, the humility part. I was reading about Socrates, and Socrates was a great Greek philosopher, and uh, and so he trained young men to speak. And they said there was a young man that was uh, in the class every time Socrates would start teaching, he would raise his hand or try to try to finish some of his sentence. And so finally, he says, "Young man." You know, there's usually a single fee for all the young men that join my class, uh, and I train them to speak. He says, but for you, it will be a double fee. 
he says, not only training you to speak, but I have to train you to shut up, <laughs> you know, not just to use your tongue, but he says, know when to hold your tongue. And, and I know I've been there, you know, gone hold that young preacher's ready to go. And, you know, and man had the preacher's itch and didn't know, you know, that the devil will scratch that itch if you're not careful. But now the greatest thing that could have happened was to have a father in the ministry that, that gave me balance. And I want to say to this young, younger generation, don't lose your passion. Hey, man, go after the things of God. Don't you? It's okay to be zealous. It's okay to have zeal. But at the same time, have some wisdom and listen to the voice of wisdom. See, we learn, you know, wisdom two ways, mentors and mistakes. We learn oh. wisdom two ways, mentors and mistakes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I would rather learn through a mentor. <laughs> and, and, and if we'll be honest, we made some mistakes and, you know, in their life lessons, but um, you're out there and you're isolated and you feel like God called you to do something. No one's refuting the call of God on your life. No one's, you know, standing against it. The only thing we're saying is get under a spiritual covering because it is so important because there will be days that life will hand you some things that's going to be a whole lot bigger than you. And if yeah. you think that you can sustain yourself under uh, certain attacks, uh, I beg the differ. But it's good that you can, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. What happens when the corporate body comes on one accord? There are so many scriptures that's pertaining to partnership and ministry. And so, uh, I want to encourage every young preacher, the call of God that's on your life, there's going to be room for all of you. I promise you the ministry is so wide open now and, uh, and you're looking for a building, and you, but make sure you get the foundation teaching in your spirit first. All these things will come. All these other things will come, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added. I would like to get really super practical for the next few minutes. And then I'm going to give you the last word as we wrap up. Uh, you know, Elijah did not pursue Elisha. Uh, Elisha would not refuse to miss out on getting that mantle. And right. so he said, you stay here. I'll chase you. No, you stay here. No, I'm going to chase you. you no. <laughs> so I would like to talk about what a, a person who desires to be mentored by a certain person, maybe that person is their pastor, maybe that person is another leader in their life, and they do have access to them, but they're going to have to do some pursuit. What are some yeah. practical tips you might give them as to how to establish those relationships? Because if they're worth, you know, if, if that person, that mentor is worth chasing, they're probably very busy people. So yes. uh, speak, speak into that young minister's life or that young leader's life how do they pursue in, in a appropriate way to gain access to that man or God or woman of God? Man, that's an excellent question. Number one, as much as possible to find out their schedule. I know it's impossible to know everything, but whenever they're in close proximity, if, if they're your pastor, make sure you're at every Bible study, not just them preaching on Sunday. But Bible study is so important, midweek service, whether it's podcast, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Facebook Live, however, 
Whenever their voice is speaking, you're like a baby bird with your mouth wide open. You're right there receiving, receiving. Okay. And it's okay when, when opportunity presents itself to go to them and says, you know what? I'm willing to humble myself, you know, under you so that I can receive what God has given you. I believe, I believe that God has put you in my life to mentor me. And, uh, and you know what? It's all right to say that. And, uh, and, and, but make sure that, that you're, that you're telling them that you're willing to humble yourself because a lot of the mentors don't have time to fool around with someone that feel, feel like they got all the answers and, uh, and, you know, or if they know as much as you in our book on leadership from behind the scene, I talk about the sin of equalization. If you and I are walking together and if I think I'm just as smart as you, then you know what? it blocks me from receiving from you. But if I humble myself and say, you know what? There's something that Daniel has that I need. What did Elijah say? Even though he told Elijah to stay here, tarry here until I go to Jericho or Bethel or Gilgal on three occasions. He says, no, where you going, I'm going with you. But notice there were 50 other prophets, the Bible saying, that followed him from afar. So you got to be up close and personal. You have to be intentional. Now, they were following, but guess what? They were following from afar. And what did he say to him? Well, if you see me when I'm taken, you know, you've asked a hard thing. And we need to let the mentees know as mentors, what you're asking for is not easy. And if you think you're going to get it easy when I had to get it hard, I'm sorry, Joe, that's not going to work. You know, and a lot of people want what's on you, Pastor Daniel, but they have not suffered the things that you've had to go through. I heard a few of your, uh, uh, some tidbits of your testimony and where you were in, in the city and you could have gone somewhere else, but no, you says, no, we're going to, we're going to plant right here because these are where the needs are. And this is where Jesus would be. You follow me, but you went through some things in that neighborhood, but that's what has made you who you are. So we got to be honest with them. You have asked for a hard thing, but if you stay with me, you know what? Everything that's on me is going to be on you. And how do you know he received the double portion? The first thing he did was went to the Jordan, smoked the waters and boom, and the waters departed. And then they said, the spirit of Elijah do rest up on Elijah. Other words, he's got it, man. And he's got a double portion. You mentioned you alluded to something a moment ago that I think needs to be reiterated because it was so good. Um, You mentioned something to the effect of uh, a mentor doesn't want to fool around with somebody, uh, mess around with somebody who's not coming prepared and, um, you know, not coming ready and humble to learn that, you know, if somebody shows up and they already feel like they know it all, then they're not capable. what can a mentee do? Uh, maybe it's showing up with some pre, you know, prepared questions, some prepared thoughts. Nothing's more yeah. frustrating to be to on my end than for somebody to show up. They want to be mentored, and then they like, "What do you want to talk about today, Pastor?" Uh, n- no, <laughs> you tell me what we're talking about here, buddy. I mean, right. come on. Um, right. So, so what can they do to be prepared and and to really get the most out of their time with the person? I, I believe if they come with pen and pad 
or iPad or iPhone and make any difference. And and there, there are some basic questions that they need to ask. I, I remember uh, we have, by the way, the winningness coach uh, in America on the JUCO level right here in Popper Bluff. And, uh, and he's known for discipline, number one, hardcore. I mean, and, uh, and he's one of my best friends and he's in his upper 80s right now. Well, I remember, you know, uh, I was recruited as a point guard. I was tall, lanky, tall, skinny. There was shorter guards, quick, on and on. But I remember one day in practice, they had us four guards, and then they would have uh, the centers and the forwards all practicing in different areas. But we were dribbling ball, and we had, they asked us to put gargles on. And the gargles would, allow you to see out, but you couldn't see the ball while you, you know, so it was getting you used to handling the ball without looking at the ball. So when you get ready to take a man, you're looking at him, you know, in the face, and then you're still making the move. Well, I had my gargles down. Me and another guy from St. Louis had our gargles down on our neck like this. So he walks by and he says, why aren't you wearing your, your gargles? And, uh, and I think the other guy may, may have made a statement, and then I kind of followed up, which was the dumb thing to do. And, uh, and so, and he says, I recruited you. You're strong to your right, but you're weak going to your left. And the gargles will help you improve your game to the left. So put the gargles on. And I never want to come through here again with your gargles on your neck. So here's what I'm saying. That's the teacher. We're the student. You can't show up your class acting like you know more than the teacher. The teacher's already got theirs. We're trying to get what you already got. And so that comes again through humility. So I would come with pen and pad in my hand. And, you know, there would be certain questions where it all depends on what facet of ministry that you're moving in. Okay. What are some of the things I need to do to start preparing myself, you know, as a pastor? Because right now we got a generation that are falling in love with preaching, you know, Mm -hmm. and they think preaching or pastoring stop when you leave the pulpit. That's the easy part. But loving people, counseling people, I mean, uh, sometimes going to court and sometimes going and, you know, I, I say you preach them out of hell and bail them out of jail. Come on, somebody. Praise <laughs> God. And it never stops. And then you're putting fragile families back together. But if you think you're going to grab a briefcase and run to a, and, and prophesy over two or three people and then call it a day. No, no, man. Ministry never really ends, you know? And then what's the balance in ministry? Let me share this one quick story. And I think it's relevant for what you're talking about. I went to Illinois about nine years ago and they asked me to do uh, the message for the installation of a young pastor. Now he had paid his dues and he was a phenomenal uh, young pastor, still doing a great job. But uh, so they had a young Caucasian gentleman to give the address or the challenge after I had, you know, preached the message of the installation. So maybe 15, 20 minutes of preaching, then he stands up and he gives the charge. And he says, before I give a charge, this charge, he says, I want to share a quick story. He says, um, 
there was a young man in our church that wanted to pastor so bad. And he says he was well loved. Everybody loved him and, you know, they liked him. And he says, and when a church came available, he says, I sent this young man to this church. And he says, in a matter of a year, they, they're running over 500, almost 600. They have one issue in the church with his leadership. They ask him to not necessarily change the situation, but just to revise it and tweak it just a little bit. And he stood up and says, no way. It's going to be my way, or I'm going to do it like this, or I'm done with it. And they said, listen, this is fixable. But, but we're going to need you to kind of, you know, work with us on this issue here. And, uh, and they said it could have been fixed, but because he's never been corrected or rebuked. And this was the pastor that was given the charge. He says they ended up leaving that church, going down, starting another one. And he said, I tried to talk to him to save him and say, hey, he says, I intervened and say, man, this is this is fixable. He says, that's your leadership is willing to meet with you. And he says, we're going to resolve this tonight. He says, and then we're going to move forward. Your church is growing. You're doing good. And he says, no, I don't have to do that. And he says, but because I had never disciplined him and I only encouraged him, he says, I didn't know what he was made of. See, and this is what the young generation needs to know, Daniel. Uh, I don't really know your spirit as long as I'm giving you direction. But when I offer you correction. And if you can't stand correction, then I'm very, very leery of pointing you in a certain direction. So all of those things come into play, get pen and pad. And it's okay to say, you know what? The left side is my weak side. I need to wear the gargles. This is where I need help. How do I strengthen the weak areas in my life? That doesn't make you lesser than a man or lesser than a woman. Actually, that makes you a smart one and a wise one. So if I'm needing what you have, I have to submit. And I keep using that word submit because as long as I feel like I know as much as you or I can do you know, or I'm more popular than you. All this stuff goes with people's head. They never say it. And this is what jacks them up with pride. That's why God says, don't look on the outward, look on the inward. God judges the heart of a man. Pastor, would you please uh, say a prayer for us? Pray for that older minister and the younger minister as we face our transitions in life, that we face them, as you mentioned earlier, uh, acknowledging God in all of our ways so that he can direct yeah. our paths, that we would be reminded that ultimately our feet don't belong to us. They're ordered of God. Come on, uh, And, and so would you please pray for us that we would have the wisdom to see and understand the timing of things. And just that we would be moving in that direction so that we can successfully transition up and out, uh, towards where God is, is going for us. Absolutely. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you for the years, amen, uh, of, of wisdom, of days and years. I thank you for, you said, honor the hoary head. And Lord, we honor those men and women of God that have gone on before us, that have gone through the factory of blood, sweat, and tears. But Lord, I thank you for their wisdom. And I pray that 
that they will come to the understanding of how much they're needed in this generation. And I pray God, not a one of them would die and leave this world without passing on the mantle to the next generation. And Lord, I thank you uh, for this younger generation, those that are listening in right now, that desire to have a spiritual leader and that, that desire to have that spiritual mentor in their life. I pray that you will open the door and show them, God, what direction to take. You told us to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding in all of our ways, acknowledge you will direct our path. We ask you to order our steps and to direct our path and show us our Elijah. Show us our Moses. Yes, Lord. And then once you show them to us, help us to embrace them with humility. And, uh, and Lord, I thank you once again. We thank you for knowledge, you know, knowing uh, what to do. We thank you for skill, knowing how to do it. But more than that, we thank you for wisdom, knowing when to do it, or even if it should be done at all. Now, bless this generation that have labored and gone on before us, and then this generation that's up and coming. Bless them. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, and help us not to fight change and transition. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Friends, we have been with Bishop Ronnie L. Webb, and uh, he is the lead pastor and founder of Mount Calvary Powerhouse Church. He is a yes. prolific author, traveling speaker, somebody who is helping to raise up the next generation of leaders. Uh, pastor Webb, uh, what is a good website for them uh, if they would be interested in following you, your ministry, or picking up some of your books and your resources? Yes, they can uh, go online, uh, runwebministries.com, all lowercase, and then stroll down. They can order the books there or hit us on Facebook. Uh, it's Bishop Ronnie L. Webb. And, uh, and then, of course, you can order from there, or perhaps you can call the church 573-686-7844, and then the ladies in the office will, will send you what you need. But I do have this one book right here close by, Shaking Hands with Wisdom. This is my former basketball coach, and, uh, and man, we deal a lot with, with mentors and mentees, and, and of course, uh, we just did three TV shows and just so 10,000 copies of Scar Wars, dealing with the scars in our lives as leaders and things that we go through and then breaking the spirit or destroying the spirit of racism. These are only three, but there's nine books that we've authored. And so, hey, uh, just if you tell us that you tune in on this podcast, we're going to give you the deal of the day just because of you, Daniel. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Praise the God. Praise God, man. That's so cool. And, uh, but wait, there's more. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, thank you so much for your time. I know it's precious. And I want to say to our listeners, if you've been tuning in, um, as we're recording this right now, as we're preparing this talk, I know that your church and your community got hit really rough, uh, had a really bad uh, ice storm and your church yes. is, is currently uh, providing shelter for those who have lost power and or they're without home, perhaps homeless people and, and maybe others who are just without yes. power. 
uh, if somebody wanted to help you so that you could have the resources you need to be able to continue with that shelter that you're providing in your gymnasium, is there a website they could donate to? Yes, actually, they could go um, to, once again, runwebministries.com and stroll down under donations and they could send it in there and we'll make sure the people get whatever they need. And then, of course, we just did a live yesterday just to kind of show you the gymnasium and the cots that would. And while we were uh, just kind of sending out an appeal, people were coming in with blankets and and uh, I mean, toiletries and, and just hygiene products. God is good. It's all about partnership. And we're so thankful for that. And thank you for even mentioning that, uh, Pastor. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, listen, I'll let you get back to it. I know you're very busy. Thank you for your time. And we look forward to having you on again someday. May the Lord bless you. Looking forward to you coming to Southeast Missouri and preaching the word. We're, we're scheduling you in. We want you here. I uh, can't right. wait for you to get here. Can't wait, man. Thank you so much for that. God bless you and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bless you, Pastor. Pastor.